Hey there, Lizzie from Young Bloods here for another episode of Lessons in Hindsight, where we get advice from the big dogs on how to be little dogs. Today I'll be speaking to the much-loved Brendan Willenberg, ECD at Clemenger, Sydney, about what he thinks it takes to make it in the industry and what exactly is the right level of self-doubt. Oh. Hello, how are you? Good, mate. It's quite an uh, ominous recording uh, flashing light in the middle. <laughs> yeah, don't don't be scared of it. How are you? Good, good. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Um, I'm in the office, clearly. This was somewhat intentional but not intentional as well. This is the only meeting room free and it <laughs> happens to be the nicest one in the building. So. Sure, you're not showing off your new um, ECD office? This is my new corner office, yeah. I could have pretended that. Yes, yeah, this is my new corner office. It's pretty cool. Um, it's also about 18 degrees or less in here, hence why I'm wearing a ski jacket. Ski jacket, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, congratulations on the new role. It's so exciting. It's Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's like an uh, interesting time to get it. So uh, it's been a, a learning curve of every um, in every possible way from people management to agency management to looking at financials to looking at every other aspect of <laughs> clients and, and stuff like that. So Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, you, so look, you and your partner were put in that position? It's a joint? Me and Darren. Darren Wright, yeah. Good, it's good to have someone to share the pain together. It was, um, we did a little talk to the agency. It was 102 days exactly on Friday. We've probably done about two years worth of learning in 102 days. <laughs> well, thanks so much for doing this. We just thought you'd be an awesome person to, to talk to because obviously you've done quite a lot of things in terms of mentoring young people, myself yeah. included at one point. So it'll be good to chat. Yeah, fire away. I'm, I'm happy to provide whatever wisdom I can. Well, I mean, I think the first question was why advertising? So why did you get into advertising in the first instance? Uh, I, I took a, like a probably a, a slightly strange route into advertising. I um, studied finance and mathematics at uni. So I um, wanted to be a banker, which probably at the moment is feeling like a good idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I wanted to get into finance and, you know, did a bunch of degrees in it. And then um, I did about a week kind of working in the periphery of, of a, you know, a trading floor and then hated it. So moved overseas um, to move to London and then just was working in bars and restaurants there for a while. Moved to Edinburgh, bummed around there. And it was over there that I, um, I went to a DNAD exhibition. We're talking 18 years ago now, so a while ago. I saw that look, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it was probably about 18 years ago. Um, went to a DNAD exhibition and I just kind of walked around and was just... I suppose, in awe, I think it was just amazing and it was a different side of brain that, you know, you don't probably engage when you're heavily numerate. Yeah. Um, had never considered myself a creative person in the slightest because growing up creativity is being able to draw and paint, which yeah. I was hopeless. Um, but then went there and I was like, oh, I, I see what they're doing there. I can kind of kind of get my brain into that. So here we are 18 years later. Amazing. Did you start working over there then or did you come back to Oz? No, I came back to Oz and did award school. It was two, no, it was 2005. It wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. It was maybe only 14 years ago. Oh, so okay. did award school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fine then. Oh. Uh, yeah, did, did, came back and did award school and um, managed to go all right in that. And then um, here I am. Where did you start working? Got a, got a job a couple of months after graduating award school at McCann. So started there 2006, maybe, maybe end of, end of 2005. Worked there for 
longer than I should have, in, in all honesty, probably four or five years. And, and then have now been at Clems for almost 10. Wow. All the way up to ECD from almost the very beginning. Yeah, from like a mid ish copywriter. Yep. Um, wow. So entitled to my uh, gold Seiko watch or whatever you get nowadays. It's probably not a Rolex anymore. <laughs> or maybe a Fitbit or something like that. But yeah. Crazy. What's it take to get all the way from you know, a junior copywriter to ECD? Mm, I think, well, time, time helps. <laughs> I don't think there is, I don't think there's a shortcut, um, but I do, I think it's, you know, I think there's, there's multiple parts of the job you need. You obviously need the ideas side of it. I think there's a, um, you know, creativity is, is, is everything, but there's a, I think there's a, probably a business head that you need to um, you need to grow and also uh, the, the client side as well. Like that's super important. This whole job is is relationships, and you you can't win business um, or, or win pitches without you know establishing that relationship. You can't make great work you know without establishing those relationships with clients because it's I suppose it's trust at the end of the day. I mean there there are a lot of ways to um, I suppose prove creativity, and it's an incredibly subjective thing now now we've got more ways to to prove the subjectivity is going is going to work but at the end of the day it's relationships and so you can grow yourself creatively as much as possible but i do think to become a creative director and then to obviously an ecd and to, to ccos it's all about relationships and proving you're a commercial partner to um to your clients yeah, no. I don't know if I do that, but that's you know, <laughs> so. well, clearly you do. You've gotten. That. I believe that. Yeah, great. Um, yeah. And you've been in the industry for uh, fourteen years in Australia. <laughs> what do you love about the the industry? I suppose it's the two as the two aspects of the, the people you work with. I mean, it's it's a day to day environment where you're working with incredibly talented people. You know the, the the pace is fast. That your days are different, and at the end of the day, you're 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 using a side of your brain, and you're using a skill set that that you have, and and hopefully I have too. That is, you know, it's not the ordinary day to day life of a normal person if you're working in another another industry. And I think I suppose it's it's exciting still, and and just the problem solving aspect too. I mean, I'm I, I've said earlier that I, I don't think I'm I'm a necessarily a creative person, but I'm a good problem solvey person do you think those two things are different the creative problem solving? no I, I mean there, there is a there's an impression that creativity is this like black box and magic solution so something goes in and then something happens and then out pops something incredibly creative and i don't yeah i suppose that that was my perception you know growing up when when someone was told they were creative it's like oh wow it's like it's like magic but <laughs> i mean i i don't think it, i think it's incredibly analytical and it's incredibly it's hard work and it's attrition it's weeding out all the wrong ways to do something before you find the right one. And so I suppose I love that aspect of it because I, I do think it's quite a, I find it quite a linear process. Whereas some people think it, it can be, you know, it sparks and magic, not for me. It's just, it's grind. <laughs> so, in a good way. It, like, it's a great grind. Yeah, a great grind. Yeah. Well, on that, is there anything you, you hate about it, about the industry? Yeah, I hate the grind. <laughs> um, no, um, look, not, nothing I hate. I think you've got to, you know the, the usual things that people hate are the the, the rejection you know the mm. you know the the holding onto ideas that didn't make it and all things like that i don't know i've always i've always thought the more you um you know the more you're willing to let go of an idea that maybe didn't make it and you know either squirrel it away somewhere else or just to move on and just do something else the more ideas you try to come up with the more you'll have so if you do try to hold on to anything i, I think that's the quickest way to burn yourself out as well to be honest like you've mm. got to 
you've, you've got to know that there's always something around the corner. There's always something bigger and better. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love most of it, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of talk at the moment about resetting and, and, and changing a lot in the um, industry. Although it kind of seems like everyone's always talking about change in the industry. Is there anything that you reckon needs to change, especially in light of everything that's happening in the world? Yeah, look, look, I would say the one thing that now in retrospect of A, the last three months and B, your previous question is the work-life balance. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's atrocious in this industry and it, it, you know, it burns through people, it burns through relationships, it burns through everything. And, and, and I, you know, I do, I do think we, we need to get to a better balance of that. I, I think, I, I mean, I've enjoyed being in lockdown, spending more time with my, my wife and kid and my yeah. puppy as well. Yeah, but, he's a cute puppy. He's called Disco. He's a Shih Tzu poodle. Um, no, but um, yeah, I think we've had a. I think we've had a bad attitude towards that. You know, it's probably now up to people like uh, me in this position and other people to break that, break that cycle because it's. It is. It's always been a bit of a um, a rite of passage, mm. and we. I think we do where where how hard we work. You know, as a badge of honour. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I was in the office till 11 o'clock last night. You're in the office till 11. I was there till 11.10. I slept in the edit suite. Like that's like, we glamorize it. And I, and I think, you know, as we all begin to take mental health more seriously and we realize that, you know, when you are clear of mind and, you know, you're, you're probably working at your peak. So I think that's probably something in the next three or four years. And, and hopefully, you know, lockdown has done that to us is that, yeah, that, that rite of passage notion of saying, well, I did it, so you've got to do it too. Or why aren't you at your desk? I think hopefully um, hopefully that can change. Yeah. Um, I do think, especially as a creative department, you do need to be together a lot. I do think you feed off each other. Zoom is great, but it's not as, it's not as collaborative as we need it to be. So I do, think, I do think being together is really important, but I do think being there till all night and pulling all nighters and stuff like that Expecting that of juniors, I think, is um, is probably one of the more um, reprehensible things we've, we've done as an industry, and I've, pro- I've probably been guilty of that as well. But um, from both sides of that coin, but um, hopefully that's a something we can redress. So that's is that something on your agenda to to champion, Brendan? Oh, look, I think I think there's lot, <laughs> we've got lots of things we need to champion, I, and I, I mean, I think I think personally, I think mental health is something that we don't really talk about as much in this industry as well, and yeah. especially for coming up it's like the most sacred thing you have and it you know I suppose it's like a um it's like a football player breaking their breaking their wrists like it's, mm-hmm. it's your tool it's the tool that you do your job and you get paid to do so if you're not taking care of what's upstairs then you how can you be expected to do your job properly so so if your agency doesn't have a mental health and uh, employee assistance program please encourage them to have one uh, Brendan I met you when you were heading up award school um and there's another hundred or so kids graduating uh in about two weeks i think for all those people who ideally watch this how did you get your break and what do you think is the most important thing to do one thing i had was when i won award school i had one of my tutors was a chap called paul naji who's now the ceo of ynr vml or vml ynr who um he was he's been instrumental in my career today and and someone i owe a lot to uh he was the person that dragged me out of being at mccann for too long kind of wrapped me over the head and said, what are you doing? Um, so he pulled me out of there. And he, he was the one that always said to me, you should help other people too. And when you get, you know, when you're older, when you've, you know, worked, worked your way up, you know, you should, be, you should be passing this on and what I've done for you. 
onto other people as well. And so that's why I've tutored award school. That's why I've run award school. That's why, you know, when, when I, you know, see the books of people as good as you that I harass you and push you and, um, you know, make, make you, um, you know, keep going because it was what was done to me. And I, I owe, I owe people that have done that to me, um, a lot. And so hopefully I could do that to other people too. Mm. That wasn't even your question. What was your question? No, that's all right. Well, what would you say to get in? But I think you kind of said it in, in a way is to kind of find yourself a, a mentor. Yeah, I, th I think so. And I think it's your attitude towards that mentor that's, that's really important. I think, you know, to those people coming out in two weeks, if you come in the top three, congratulations. If you come in the top 10, amazing. Your job as that top 10 is, is pretty much as hard as each other. But there are going to be those people who are outside of that, who have the good book, or have an okay book, or one or two things on the wall, um, and take that as, I suppose, a kick up the butt maybe, or take that as a bit of like a red rag to the ball. And I think it's, it's people with those attitudes that were like, oh, hang on, why, did, why, why didn't I get that top 10? Why didn't, why didn't I only get one on the wall instead of two? That, that harness that and... Um, just go for it rather than getting a little demoralized. I mean, you can get you can get demoralized for a week, but if you don't go out, and that's to anyone, and kind of reshape your book, keep working on it, ditching your crappy ideas, and just keep keep working on new stuff. It re it does really show when you're when you're shopping around that book after even three months that you know other people have been shopping the book with similar briefs around. So it is that just, I mean, I, I remember when I first, my first interviews was actually at Clemenger after award school. And I showed, I showed my book to someone and I can't remember what the CD's name was, but he hated, he thought it was rubbish. So I literally took the whole book and I stuck it in my Weber and I set fire to it. And I sent him, <laughs> I sent him the ashes back in a mason jar um, wow. with a little note that said, yeah, you're right. I kept, just kept working on it on a new book. I think if you really, if, if you really want to do it, you'll find a way. There's no, there's no real wisdom other than it's, it's just grind. Sure. Don't call this podcast Brendan talks about grind. Cause it's, <laughs> yeah. and I know I've mentioned it a few times, but it's part of the nature of, of the job. No, fair enough. That persistence um, is definitely key. And um, what do you wish you knew when you were a junior that you do know now? I wish I would have chased the work a bit earlier on. Mm -hmm. That was, um, that was another bit of wisdom. And I think it was Esther that told me that, which was um, to chase the work, not the money. Not that my first job out of award school was paying me a trillions of dollars, but it was yeah. paying me a little bit more than anywhere else. I spent too long in a job where I wasn't getting the, the work out in my first you know, four, four years, which is really formative in terms of how you develop your thinking to warrant how long I stayed there. That, that would be what I wish I knew back then, which was to wholly and solely focus on the work. And the work for me then was different for the work people coming up now. You know, I think you probably need a more diverse set of skills now, or, or if, you don't, if you don't have the actual application of, you know, the experience side of business or, or things like that, then it, it's not super important, but you really need an appreciation of it and you need yeah. to want to learn it. You've got to have an appreciation for absolutely every discipline every new way of thinking out there I think is, is super important it's a good so, piece of advice from Esther she's just mentored so many people it's amazing is there another piece of advice you can pass on that you were given I think that's probably the that's been that's been one that's stuck in my head and you know it led me changing that job it, it, it's something that I've I've passed on to people as well and 
Yeah, and look, I would just say, as I was saying before, you need don't burn any bridges. If you're planning on staying in Sydney, you never know who you will meet back again from a client side, from an agency side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I, I do try to operate at quite a um, friendly level. I, uh, you know, I have a crushing need to be liked. So um, <laughs> that hasn't, that's been something that hasn't really been too much of an issue. Um, for me um but yeah look i think you, you've got to be a grown-up and you've got to um just be, just be nice to each other yeah nice if you're a creative as well don't get into that whole suits creative bullshit. that's an absolute relic of i suppose the 80s and if you're at a place that still buys into that i think or, or if or if you buy into that i think you're probably you're probably missing what every single person coming together can do yeah good point um, so, have you ever experienced self-doubt? Yeah, yeah, totally. All, all the time. I mean, I texted you before this saying that I'm nervous. And, <laughs> uh, that, was, um, that, was, that was partly because I have got self-doubt. I'm not sounding like a twat. And that's um, another overriding part of my existence is not wanting to sound like an idiot. But I think it's the nature of people who get into creative professions is that I think self-doubt's good. I think if, if, it's, if you're harnessing it to, to question whether there's something better out there, then that's, that's great. But if, if it is, you know, if it gets too far down the light and it leads to you not being able to make decisions and stuff like that, then that's probably where, you know, there's probably some great evolutionary part of self-doubt which, which pushes us on. But then when it reaches a point, it probably is, is inhibits um, your ability to function. So mm-hmm. healthy self-doubt good, runaway self-doubt bad. <laughs> no self-doubt, serial killer. I'll quote that one. That's a good one to Please, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And where do you get your inspiration from? Look, I, I wouldn't say I'm probably not the most voracious consumer of art and culture and, and everything as I should be. Well, culture, yes, it's culture when it's uh, big is hard to avoid, right? So it's like, you know, I don't get too niche and things like that. Do I, I have an appreciation for art, but I... You know, I, I can't name <laughs> too many artists when people are uh, dropping them in conversations, but I do find a lot of inspiration for what I do from other agencies that are doing it well, I suppose. I think there's a, um, you know, each, I was thinking, thinking about this, like each, each couple of years, there is a bit of work that redefines how we appro- all approach our work. And I think, you know, recently, I think the, the one thing that made me stop, step up recently and go, shit, okay, this is changed how it, this has changed everything was i think the moldy whopper that was one of the ones where i just went fuck okay this is really this is thrown off every convention of how we've ever thought about advertising food you know showing the product in the best possible light and then i even stepped back to, to probably one of the first ones i became aware of was like you're too young for this maybe but subservient chicken um oh, just yeah. just just because my only point of reference is for burger king ads um but that was that was one um you know which completely changed how you know how people thought of digital and how it can be dynamic or appear, or appear dynamic and and over the years that there's lots of those that come out and you know crispin porter was great at doing that back in kind of when i started and then even things like fuck, it's all i just went to um mcwhopper then and maybe it's just hungry jack's uh, burger king work that uh, is is my whole point of reference but yeah. um yeah i don't know i, I mean I, I love the industry i don't want to be a writer i don't want to be a author or anything like that I, I just bloody love ideas and good ideas so I draw my inspiration from people within the industry who are doing it better than I am. Why do you love ads? I do. I do. Well, I love ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So 
<laughs> um, and so who do you think in, if you're going to give a shout out to an agency that's going well at the moment in Oz, who would that be? Uh, I would, I'd go, I'd go straight to BMF, to Alex and Alex and all the, all the team there. I think they just do brilliant big work and it's, it's strategically brilliant. It's executed brilliantly. There's a, just a real like strong idea, you know, at the heart of it. Um, you know, we, we both work on the Tassie account together and, you know, we've had the honor of executing, you know, um, that brilliant, um, come down for our platform that they've done the work they've done on Aldi over the years, I think. You know that that's just good creative but commercially phenomenal work so you know I, I love everything about about the work they do um and i suppose love a bit of special group at the moment as well i think they've done some really good work recently um and then clems melbourne having over the last you know 10 plus years you know your your southern cousins just dom dominating over the years and, and and knowing a lot of the people there and you know it's 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 a good i suppose beacon for what for what you can do when you're um you know within the group and kind of taking a step away from from advertising what you'd be doing if it wasn't advertising if you hadn't wandered into that dna day exhibition would you have gone back to being a banker I, I think about it on a microscopic basis and i wonder now yes i think that could that could have been a good good yeah. solution maybe i've retired right now but no <laughs> i um i don't think so i don't think i have the um mental wherewithal to work with you know in that kind of a industry i don't think look i mean like every cliche uh, creative uh, i love architecture so yeah, sure um i i often you know may, i actually i love grand designs basically <laughs> I, love Kevin Cloud, I love grand designs and uh, architecture is, it just happens to be part of that but look i i think i think you know i've been i've been working out what i want to do in, in five to ten years and i do think some level of teaching is what I want to do, whether it's teaching communications or creativity at a you know university level. I think that's that's where I feel what I'd like to do. And I think once again, it, it comes back to I love I love that mentoring side. I love um, you know I love cheering award school. I love running award school. I love helping people like yourself. And I think maybe a, some kind of when I get my beard gets grayer and my hair starts falling out, and I get a you know a tweed jacket with elbow patches on, and I can you know ride my bike. <laughs> around I think that would suit actually. Yeah, I think I could do it. I'd probably have like oh, hay in my hair. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> well, speaking of that, you are you are really known known for mentoring young talent because every time I say stuff like, "Oh yeah, no, I know Brendan," everyone's like, "Yeah, everyone knows Brendan. Brendan helps everyone." Um, yeah. like, oh, I thought it was special. You, <laughs> you were one of the best of the bunch. I'll be honest uh, with that. <laughs> from what you've seen of people coming up through your career, what do you think it takes to succeed? You know, at the end of an award school year or each year, there'll be, you know, 20 people that hit you up and say, hey, you know, I was wondering if you could put my staff. I'll say, I say yes to everyone. There will be, you know, you'll review people. There will be, you know, you, you'll probably give, you give all 20 people a review and you'll be pretty, not, not harsh, but you'll be quite honest. And you, I always, you know, I think I probably did the same thing to you. Is like, I like to set people quite tough deadlines. Mm. And if it's like, come back to me in four days with, with what you think on this, 30% of people come back. So you're, you're already down to six. It's not me being lazy, but that I think that is the number one. That is the number one test of whether someone probably means it. And I think for, from those from those whatever percentage of people do come back and do show it, like I will give back as much energy as someone gives me. So, you know, if you're going to come back to me every two days with with new ideas and you know send me an email to at night, I'll send you an email back at six in the morning with my thoughts. And I I think for for anyone who does seek out. Um, 
someone to, you know for a mentor i do i do honestly feel you've got to the, the energy you put in you'll, you'll get back and i think ev everyone in this industry is willing to help like I, I i don't think i'm an exception exception there at all but if you are giving you you will get back if you're not if you don't have someone send me an email my number is my email's there on the screen <laughs> but yeah look I, I think it's i think energy energy persistence yeah 100 and i think that's how you get in i think that's what sustains you and then i think you've got to find your you've got to find your impact in a place. Impact can just be phenomenal creative ideas. Your impact can be being a client whisperer. Um, you know, your impact can be, you know, being internally the heart and soul of an agency from a culture point of view. Your impact can come in, in different ways. It's the people that have all those, you know, all of those at once that I do think are the ones that do rise. Great. What is your um, favorite moment from your time in the industry? Well, I think my crowning glory would have been, from a slightly facetious point of view, was writing a script with Kevin McLeod in it, so that I could meet Kevin McLeod. Um, <laughs> that nice. was it's I like my my fanboyness of him knows no bounds. I was watching an episode last night uh, in bed just before I went to sleep, but I, I do love him. I love his sarcastic and dry nature, and I did write a script for uh, and beat that client name out there just so I could fly to London and meet him. Amazing. But look, I mean, I don't know. I think every day is super fun. You've got, you've, there's some shitty ones. There's some great ones. Um, you know, the awards site, winning awards is, is really great, but it's not everything. Had lots of, uh, lots of really good shoots. So ho hopefully once in your life, you've got to write yourself a junket. And I know that is quite an old fashioned way of thinking, but you've got to get in at least one junket yeah. in your life. Yeah, there, there, lo lo lots of fun bits. Have you had, uh, what's your most embarrassing um, moment or the biggest mistake you've ever made? Oh, probably an infinite number of micro mistakes at all times, but uh, hopefully I own up to them. I did my, my worst, my most embarrassing moment, my biggest mistake was walking into, as a junior, to a meeting with Microsoft and I think I was there by myself, I was only a couple of years in and I remember getting one line into an insider, an idea and the CMO of Microsoft, and I'm some shicking little idiot, already <laughs> knew everything. Um, he stopped me there and he was like, that's terrible, completely wrong, off-brand. Um, what were you thinking? And then I, I remember freezing, and I remember from that moment on, never wanting to, A, walk into a room unprepared before, or B, ever thinking I knew pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. so that, was, that was definitely the worst moment of my life, and I, I think it's probably scarred me now so that every time I do walk into a presentation, I, I'm as rehearsed and as hopefully, um, you know, uh, has have contingency planned enough. Oh, wow. Still think about it. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I just like, <laughs> like, like oh, never touch a PC again. I'm only using a Mac. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what um, excites you about the future of advertising? Look, uh, it's been the same since I started up, up until now is the playground you get to play in gets bigger and more sophisticated and more interesting. And so, you know, e even when I was starting, Facebook was new. And so it was like, we'd be doing, you know, traditional comms and then you'd probably throw in a little Facebook app or something like that. You know, I remember there was this campaign for ActiveView we did where, you know, when you could thumbs up people eons ago, like what can we do that's like a thumbs up? And it was like, oh, we did a wink. It seems quite archaic back then, but each year as time has progressed, the rooms we get to play in and the toys we get given gets more and more sophisticated. 
have we all explored all the different corners of it and doing it in the best possible way is 100% not. No. I do think as time goes on, what we will be able to do and where we'll be able to take creativity just gets infinitely more infinite, but also really, really hard to. When, when you had a when you had a when you had a, a swing set, a slippery dip, and some climbing ropes, it was you know it was it was pretty easy. But now that you've got absolutely every single toy under the sun, it's like you've really got to piece all those bits together. Yeah, nice. Well, that's a lovely way to end it. But my last question was: um, Is there something I should have should have asked you? No, look, I would just say reach out if anyone wants wants a hand. If anyone wants to look at work, if anyone wants to to buy me a beer and I'll, uh, I'll sit with them and have, happy to talk to them. I think you owe me a beer, by the way. Yeah, I think so. I think that's about yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but please, 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 please get in touch. Um, good luck, everyone. It's, uh, look, it's, a, it's a weird old time out there at the moment, but I do think every agency is crying out for divergent thinking at the moment. And you are all probably, luckily, infinitely affordable for lots of agencies. Not you, Lizzie, but one out there. <laughs> The young bloods community um, and the, pe- the people coming up and and, and I, I don't say that facetiously I, I, I do I do mean that don't accept unpaid internships I think they're another scourge on this industry I do think you know if you're willing to come in for, for months and months on end and, and, and grind it out you should get paid for it so you have every right to, to pick an agency you want and always do pick an agency you want and just lob ideas at them I think um, it's a really good time you can find their client list throw ideas at them and um, if there, there's lots, enough ideas that are good enough, you'll always find the money behind the sofa to, to get good people in. That's yeah. great. Thanks, Brendan. Pleasure. I do owe you a beer. We should definitely catch up and get a beer, coffee, whatever. That's it. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this interview with Brendan Willenberg. Join us next week for another episode of Lessons in Hindsight.